This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I am stellar, Josh. Uh, game week six just wrapped up and I am having a blinder of a season. I just I can't believe it. Best start to the season yeah. ever. You truly are. And yeah, normally I'm I'm pretty actively rooting against you. Uh, <laughs> just just I don't know why. Just because I'm a jerk or something. And uh, you're very competitive, Josh. With with you in this one. We talked about this before. We're not competitive in real life. We're competitive in the game. However, extremely competitive. Yeah. When you when you found out that my salary was three point five million dollars a year <laughs> and you make uh, ten thousand dollars a year, that you weren't really tough. competitive about that. I had I thought we were making the same. So it was yeah. that was very surprising. <laughs> kind of a shock. It was a shock to the system. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, it's early in the season. Uh, it's a great start for you. I'm actually having a, a pretty reasonable, reasonably good start to the season, too. Uh, so we'll talk about our own teams in a moment. But uh, as you mentioned, game week six just wrapped. Kind of an interesting, I don't know. It, was, it felt like it went by fast this game week, right? I mean, maybe because there was just no, there were no Monday matches or something, but it was like. It, uh, and and there know, was just a huge chunk of games on Saturday. Um, yeah. It, it, and and all the games, all the matches that kind of really mattered were on Saturday. Right. Liverpool and Manchester City playing. A lot of people captaining Hazard. So Sunday did come into play, but it it, it did feel a little sleepy on Sunday. I felt like, yeah, and I felt like there was just so much drama this week about decisions and and uh, you know the Salah, you know the Salah issue versus Hazard. And so uh, you know, normally we don't do this, but we have uh, I, there's a question here from from Byron Brew, which I think. It's just it's a question that is just everyone's asking it. So I feel like I might as well just throw it right at the top of the podcast and we can just deal with it right away. So after game week six, he says, where do we all stand on the Sala argument? Having gone without him since the start in favor of outscoring, outscoring him elsewhere, I'm aware that I was only a disallowed goal away from dropping thousands, probably more like hundreds of thousands in overall <laughs> rank this game week. Uh, with this huge ownership and ever-present threat, does he remain essential, or does going for Hazard, Money, Sterling, etc., make more sense? And should you invest, uh, invest the difference elsewhere? So, I mean, I know we've talked about this in earlier podcasts, but it, it keeps coming up. 
you know, you've decided to stay with Salah. Did anything change after this game week? I think I felt better with the decision that I made after this game week. I mean, I understand one goal, no bonus, a, a bevy of missed opportunities. It doesn't suddenly vindicate everything. But right. uh, if you looked at the big captaincy debate coming into game week six between Aguero, Salah, and Hazard, Salah came out ahead. That was good. Mm-hmm. He's now um, three returns. He's 50-50 in terms of offensive returns. Is that right? Or is it... No, it, it's yeah. Well, he's yeah. he scored it's three four, and six and four. Yeah. Of, but if you count the uh, game week two in which he got two assists, so that's four out of six game weeks he's got attacking returns. Right, and I think that's fair enough. Uh, I was sad to see him drop in price, but I, I'm definitely sticking with, and I do not regret it. So I feel like game week six yeah. brought uh, solidified my my faith in keeping Salah. I think so. I think I actually agree with you. Um, I. You know, he probably could have had two, but maybe even he actually could have had three or four in that match. Um, and it's almost, almost like, you know, people feel like because he doesn't get three or four that he's somehow disappointing. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just a, you know, it's amazing that he creates so many chances for himself. And we're not going to we're not going to rehash the bonus points. I mean, there's, <laughs> if you want to see Brandon red in the face, just just bring up the bonus point. <clears throat> the system Bo- sometime around him. Bonus point system is an issue that I never really knew I cared so much about until right. you you keep sort of poking me about it. I do. It. I know it's it's. I, I keep poking you in your sensitive areas because I know. <laughs> I, I know how much like uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy <laughs> of uh, BPS. Uh, but you know, I think that there should be no negative BPS. But let's let's not let's not rehash this. So sure. okay so. So it, it, rather than spend a whole podcast talking about this, we're talking about it in the first five minutes. Both of us think you should have Salah. Both of us think you should not drop Salah for Hazard. Is it safe to say that? Yes. I you can think... have Hazard and uh, having Hazard and Salah, perfectly good idea. You have that set up right now. Yep. And I got that set up by wildcarding. Um, and I feel really good about that duo. I also think it makes my midfield very flexible, having two big premium assets. Right. The, the other piece of this puzzle is Mane. So you're on Salah and Mane. So if we agree that Salah remains for us a must-own, Hazard is probably as close to a must-own as he can get. Where does that leave Mane yeah. in the equation? Well, I think that um, I have two transfers going into this game week, and uh, there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to drop Mane for Hazard. That seems like... Yeah. Um, the most, it just seems like it kind of makes the most sense. It gives me a little more balance. Um, I don't think Hazard is going to be playing in a lot of the Europa League matches. Um, I don't necessarily want to be doubled up on Liverpool in the midfield, um, much longer. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's part of it was that Salah didn't, or Amana didn't have a great match, uh, which, yeah. uh, maybe is throwing me off a little bit. I mean, I, I feel very fortunate that Hazard didn't do anything today either. Um, yep. So in the end, I didn't really, uh, I didn't lose anything. In fact, I kind of gained something based on the the one move that I did make. Um, so basically, I bought myself an extra week to evaluate things. And um, I thought Hazard played reasonably well. He was not like an all-time performance from him, but uh, he was fine. He actually could have, um, if Fabianski didn't have such a good game, he probably could have had a goal or an assist in the match. Yeah, and Chelsea just la- lacked that killer blow. And I think there's going to be a lot of talk this week about how Europa League is just going to affect the team as a whole. There's yeah. this whole story about how their flight back from Greece was delayed by many hours. Now, Hazard didn't make the travel, but still, um, you've got players like William who played the full 90. Pedro taken out of the squad because of that shoulder injury. So that's something that 
Chelsea's going to have to deal with for quite a spell of time. So if we were ranking the midfielders, my rankings would be Salah first, Hazard second, Mane third, kind of everyone else after that, including including Sterling. Yep, yep. You can have debates all day long about the the mid price midfielders, but I think you're spot on with those rankings. All right, <laughs> questions done. We can we move on to other one. stuff on this podcast. <laughs> so, Brandon, how was your week? How was how was game week six for you? Yeah, it was great. I finished on seventy points. I made one transfer. I got rid of Pedro. I think I was. It's easier easy to say in hindsight. I was definitely contemplating getting Pedro out even prior to his Thursday night injury. So then the question there is: Do you drop Pedro for Richarlison or James Madison? And I think based on just the discussions we've had on this podcast and the likening to James Madison as a mini Christian Eriksen or poor man's Christian Eriksen, I just felt like I might get more options out of Madison. I'm going to get set pieces and yep. attacking threat, whereas Richarlison is playing in a kind of out-of-form Everton team at the moment. And yeah. Richarlison is still clearly capable of scoring a goal against anybody. So uh, came, the, came the Friday deadline, I went with James Madison and yet another uh, great transfer that hit the week that I made it. So I feel very <laughs> yeah. fortunate there. And so, uh, do, do you know what your estimated? We're recording too early for the game to be updated, but do you know what your estimated uh, rank is going to be? Yeah, my live rank on the Fix app is uh, just a little over six thousand K in the wow. world. So wow, that's, uh, that's great. Yeah, firmly in the top ten K, which is which is huge for me. Um, it was nice to see Robertson back in my defense, getting bonus uh, full clean sheets in the back with Wambasaka, Robertson, and Alonso. And Mitrovic continues to be a great striker. I think we're going to we're going to talk a lot about strikers later on in the podcast. But yeah. in the second half against Watford, he was a man on fire and it was just incredible to watch. Yeah, it, it was nerve wracking as someone who didn't have him. This is this, this, <laughs> this Watford game was one I was really worried about as a non Mitro owner. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we really yeah, we saw it. I mean, it's just we talked about it actually in last week's podcast. There's a lot of Zaha versus Mitro discussion. And I was, even though I have Zaha, I was advocating strongly for Mitrovic because there are just ways for him to get the ball. He also, this is like a little, like, I feel like he is, he lines up in an interesting spot on corner kicks. I don't know if you've noticed this, but for for a striker, you know, for like a number nine, I feel like he's very, he is like in the far corner. Like he like, he comes <laughs> in on the, on the corner kicks. He's he like, likes to crash the board. He does. Yeah. He's like right at the edge of the box, which you don't see very often. Um, I feel like from us, I don't know, maybe, maybe you. I just was I, noticing it for some reason. Yeah, I do wonder if that has anything to do with all the grappling that you see in the box. And if he stands farther yeah. out, it's either easier for the ref to see the grappling that Maybe. will happen or it's, he's, it's easier for him to evade that. Maybe, but it's, you know, it's interesting, like someone like Kane, you know, it's like right, like he's like right, like level with the, with the goal, you know, so. Yeah, and uh, we both, we both captain Salah, so that'll lead us into your game week, Josh, also yep. captaining Salah, how'd you do? I did fine, uh, 59 points, uh, it was really, I had a very frustrating um, final match today, uh, on Saturday, um, I, I I had Trippier, which, um, I, I dropped Mendy for Trippier, I was just worried about Mendy's bone bruise, and um, I really liked uh Spurs' fixtures, uh, like, you know, like over the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, and I felt like even if Mendy came back early, I would still be confident in, in having Trippier as kind of a like for like replacement. And so I get the assist in the first half. Um, and it looks like they're going to get a clean sheet. And then Kane, just another, another miss that he just, 
he's just he's just so off this year you know he doesn't yeah. score a second goal uh they go back and and anthony tryhard knockart uh <laughs> scores a goal immediately knocks five points off me you know, I, was, I was on at least one bonus point it was um, brutal. So in, yeah so instead of nine you know which really could have been more if he didn't get a yellow card um so yeah. you know maybe it was going to be like around 11 and then when danny rose got his uh got his assist he knocked him down one more so um yeah, so I ended up with only four points from Trippier instead of nine, which, you know, it was just – I'm not going to complain about it. It's, it. It is what it is. But um, – and honestly, you know, Brighton was kind of knocking on the door the whole time. But it's just a – it was a reminder, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I really don't. But mm-hmm. to be good, like to have a great FPL season, um, you – like it, it's not I, – I, there are like people who get mad at themselves for bad decisions. And there, there are times when, you know, like I was kind of annoyed with myself about like not bringing a Matt Doherty last week because um, that just felt like a move I, I could have just made and I should have just pulled the trigger on it. In this yeah. case, I feel like I made the right decision and it just didn't work out. And that's just – like you have to get lucky too. Like, yep. you know, like it's not – it's not a bad decision to bring in Trippier because they concede a goal in the 94th minute. You know, that's yeah. just that's just bad luck. And um, it's just something to keep in mind. You know, like if you're if you're bemoaning your team, like you got to remember that, like, you know, it's, it's you have good luck and you have bad luck. And, the you know, in most cases, you just remember the bad luck and you don't remember the fortunate stuff. Right. Yeah. L- l- yep. You're right. Luck. Luck is key. And you've said it before on the podcast, just in terms of the game. It's not a it's not a bad thing. It's not unsporting to get lucky. <laughs> luck. Luck is a feature of the fpl game not a bug so <laughs> yeah exactly you, you just kind of you kind of lean into it when you have good luck celebrate it when you have bad luck uh that's just what it is yeah if there wasn't luck, you could just it'd be like you know you could just set up some sophisticated bots and just you wouldn't need to watch the match i don't know it's like well there are there luck. are listeners there are listeners out there who are probably saying you formulate your own luck you have to put yourself in a position to to get that rub of the green so so it's sure. it's not all just uh th- throwing yeah. a, a dart at the at the map yeah but losing losing five points in the 94th minute and a goal that was scored on the other side of the pitch of the defender you brought in it's like you know it's just you can't feel bad about that you, you know it's just, so anyway i finished on 59 points which is perfectly fine i'm on a uh, a green arrow it looks like i'm around 140k in the world um, so that's, that's fine. 140 K after seven weeks or after six weeks, um, is not a bad place to be at all. Someone, uh, someone shared our pod, uh, a couple days ago and they were like, Hey, I really enjoyed the pod. I cannot believe he's like, he's like, I felt so bad for you. You were complaining so much. Uh, and then you said you're 150 K in the world. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, I can be, I can get a little down, you know, it's like, it all becomes relative. You know, it's like yeah. once you settle into whatever, like whatever ranking you've got, yeah. you know, if you get a red arrow, you just, you feel bad. You know, you could be, you could be in the top 800, you know, and if you get a red arrow and go back to 1100, you're like, Oh, this is a disaster. I've lost 300 spots. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you just sort of, um, you just, adapt to where you are you know so um, yeah, yeah and so man- managers managers like yourself you've had really great seasons and then there therefore your target every season is going to be at least to match your best season right. so it's, that's that yeah and that, that's different for every manager despite the fact that the game is harder than ever you know so <laughs> <laughs> all right so the always cheating oh by the way we went to uh the black horse yesterday we had a we had an opportunity to meet uh Two Patreon supporters. We met Bruce Kerr, uh, who was all the way up from Australia, uh, and he was a really, really nice guy. Really enjoyed talking to him. Absolutely wonderful guy. And uh, Bruce, do not worry about spilling the coffee. 
I totally fine. I, he I didn't gotta, spill the I, coffee. I actually. So it was when Salah scored that what we thought was his second goal, therefore uh-huh. justifying every decision we've ever made in our <laughs> lives ever. Yeah. Um, I leapt for joy and I went to go high five you and uh-huh. not uh, Bruce's coffee onto your your crisp beautiful uh, white shirt. It, it's 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 totally my fault. I see. Okay, gotcha. Well, anyway, no one. So if feel you want bad. to stop this podcast recording right now, <laughs> I understand, Josh. <laughs> no one feel bad about the shirt. Uh, we also saw another Patreon supporter, Danny Bean, uh, and his girlfriend was there as well. And uh, yeah, we had a yeah, shout out to Sean, who um, I Sean was feeling your pain with, with that Spurs clean sheet wipeout. I'd never seen anything like this. So Danny and Sean, they've been partners for some time. They just moved to the states. Uh, neither Danny or I had Spurs defenders, but when Sean lost that clean sheet, Danny turned to his girlfriend and just started laughing maniacally. And I had never seen anything <laughs> like it. And this was a normal thing in their household to antagonize yeah. one one another. What a wonderful yeah. sight that was. I know you and I could not do that. No. Like that is not our relationship <laughs> at all. You would actually, I think you would actually punch me and I don't know what I, I think I would murder you. Like I don't, I try to like, it would not, there it would, would not be blood. Well. For, there, there would, be there blood. would definitely be blood. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to post this, uh, they always gene super league on social media. We don't have that updated yet. Um, a couple of quick, uh, pa- new patron. Thank yous, uh, new Lord Sorloff patron, Matt Ritter, uh, new Ambikani patrons, Brian B and Matthew Smith. Uh, thanks guys. And, uh, we have a shout out this week, Brandon, we have an actual shout out on the podcast. Yeah. It's a new feature for the podcast. You can actually go to alwayscheating.com, and we now have a shop. You could go to our shop and buy for a very cheap price. I think it's it's three bucks American, which is what, like five P in the UK. <laughs> it's very cheap. And you can buy a trash talk or a or a shout out to a another manager who you're you're you have in your sites or anything like that. So our first shout out comes from Rashid Khan, and it is to Keegan Knott, aka the Wiz. Rashid says, I'd like to shout out my mate Wiz, who took a 20-point hit. The week after playing his wild card, <laughs> thanks to an Aguero triple captain, though, he's still sitting 8K overall, but I'll catch him soon. The Wiz is a true maverick, I must say. I have to. Yeah, I like this Keegan now. We're going to have to have him on the podcast soon. <laughs> uh, all right, Brandon, uh, let's take a quick break and we're going to get back in. So, you know, we were talking about what we wanted to talk about in this podcast and it may be something we haven't covered in earlier podcasts. And. I said, well, what about strikers? And then we were sort of debating which strikers to talk about. I said, why don't we just talk about all of them? All right. So we're going to we're gonna go through the top, I don't even know, like 25 strikers in the game. And we're just going to decide whether they're overrated, underrated, or properly rated after this break. All right, Brian, we're back. As we mentioned earlier, strikers. We're going to talk about all of them. I would like just let's, we're just going to talk about every one. All right, uh-huh. I mean, maybe not like maybe not De Poitra, Okay, we're not going to go all the way to page three on the uh, on the statistics page here. Uh, but let's talk about at least like the top twenty five or so. All right, You're okay. Ready? Just out of curiosity, who is the? Oh, there, see, there's a ton of zero point. There's Quainer, Solanke, Okaka, Carroll. Um, Andy Carroll just still there, isn't he? Just still still hanging around with that red flag. Yeah, I imagine he's just sort of haunting some rehab facility somewhere, <laughs> just like telling telling people stories about the one time he scored a goal for Liverpool and and how cool it was. Man, that's I'm not, you know he's only scored double digit goals in one season, thirteen goals in the 2010-11 season. That was with uh, 
Newcastle, I believe. Andy Carroll, he's the equivalent of that guy you went to high school with who blew his knee out, and he'll t- he he told you like, well, I, I probably could have played MLS. I definitely was on track. <laughs> it's like and, a, yeah, playground legend. Yeah, Andy Carroll is is that, but but a prof, but a professional grade that. All right, Brandon. So let's let's talk about. Uh, I guess let's just work our way down. Yeah, okay? let's start at the top. Yeah, okay. Sergio Aguero. He's number one. Right. Okay, and so as I mentioned. Are these players okay? And by over overrated, underrated, properly rated, we just mean you know, are they players that we're? Um, well, I guess that kind of kind of speaks for itself, right? But like, sure, we say can also, just in, yeah. within the context of this season, strictly right. talking about FPL, are they right. properly rated, under or over? And I think that that okay. that clears. And Aguero is an interesting example because yes. there's really no way to overrate Aguero because he's done it season upon season upon season. But is he right. really doing it? In the 2018-19 season, it's very—it's kind of a—it's reminiscent of Kerry Kane's season last year a little bit. I, I guess he has more assists than Kane did last year, but you know he has this hat trick in game week two, right, where he picks up 20 points. But you know, around that, he's got—he's already had two blanks in the season. Um, you know, I mean, four of the six matches he's played this season, he hasn't scored a goal, um, and uh, yeah, it's just interesting. He's got you know two, so yeah, but he's has, he has four assists on the season too, so it's really, he's really made up for it. Um, you know, but he's only on, uh, let me see here. I think he's on only four bonus points on the season too, which is a little surprising for the top ranked forward. I mean, normally I think if you're number one, number one overall forward after six game weeks, you expect them to have more than four bonus points, right? It's just the three the you know, he has three in game week one and then, um, and then he has one from uh, game week four and that's it. Do you, could you make the case that Aguero is overrated at the moment? I mean, overrated to me implies that I don't think you should have him in your squad. And I, I do think that you, I mean, at 11.4 million, he's not that expensive by the historical standards of a top striker. Yeah. So I, you know, so I guess he's just, he's just properly rated. I, <laughs> these will get trickier as we move down, you know, but Aguero is Sergio Aguero. You know, he's a great striker. Looks like he's pretty safe right now. It feels like Gabriel Jesus is playing you know, the Champions League games, and I, I assume he'll play in the League Cup match as well. It doesn't um, help help that Jesus is in lousy form as well. Yes. Pep, Pep really kind of can't play him even if he wants to because he's he's just not yes. looked great since the World Cup. They might play together in Game Week 7. I mean, Aguero is home to Brighton in Game Week 7. I mean, he's probably going to be the most captain player in the game next yep. week, right? I mean, yep. unless he gets injured or something. Yeah, Pep's whole deal with I'm going to play two up top and and try to overwhelm the buses that are parking uh, in front yeah. of them this season. Mitrovic. Mitrovic. Mit- <laughs> Mitrovic. 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 Say his name. Just, yeah. just say Mitro. 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 Mit- Mitro. Yeah. I have to stop myself from saying Mitro. It's Mitro. I don't know. Yeah. All the pronunciation experts out there will let us know. So Mitro, uh, he, of course, scored in game week six. He is outscored um, Sergio Aguero on the season with five goals. So, and he's he's just two blanks out of six game weeks and one assist. Still a, a great bargain, I think, at 6.9. Fits very nicely into every squad. Fulham's yeah. fixtures are um, are pretty kind coming up. Everton, then they host Arsenal um, at Craven Cottage, a match which Josh and I will be live in person That's at. That's true. Thank you, Fulham Ticket Department. Absolutely, thanks. And uh, then Cardiff, Bournemouth, Huddersfield right in a row after that. So I think Mitro is... Um, 
I, I feel like enough people out there in the FPL Twitter sphere are name checking Metro and he's getting quite a lot of love. He's veering toward underrated just because he he scored five goals. This is incredibly yeah. impressive. And he's not he's only in uh, a quarter of all the FPL teams out there. And I, yeah. I'd expect to he see is, that number just grow. Yeah. I mean, as a as a like for like, I could just swap Zaha to Mitro and actually save money, which is some a move I really would like to do. Um, I don't know. Maybe I could do it before game week eight. I, I don't know that I would do it next weekend. I mean, the the question for me is what I do with with Mane and Hazard, and if I if I make that move this week, then um, then I couldn't make this move. But Zaha to Mitro, I do like. I, I just I just worry about, and I guess we're jumping ahead to Zaha here a little bit, but I just worry about. Well, let, let's do it. Let's talk about Zaha, and then we yeah, can, let's then we can a, yeah. skip him when we get there. Because Zaha's ownership is um, okay. Let me. It's further down than I realized. Yeah, points. I've got him pulled up here. He he's a similar ownership to Mitro. It's twenty five point three percent. Identical ownership, um, and he is a very attacking player. I mean, there's some concern about whether he's really a forward or not. I think he basically plays like a forward. I do wonder whether Benteke, who I don't think either of us rate highly at all, right? I mean, he is he is uh, properly rated as a total donkey. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) but he was drawing some attention away from Zaha, and I don't know that Ayu is doing that. I don't really know why why Lord Sorlock can't actually get any minutes because Ayu has done nothing so far. Um, So yeah, I just I I just feel like it's always going to be a struggle for Zaha to get goals. And it feels like he hasn't done that thing that he did last year, which is to kind of, maybe it's because they haven't been playing teams that they can catch on the break as often, or they haven't Uh been playing really attacking teams. Like I wonder if they played a team like wolves, I would really like to have Zaha, you know, um, like a team that would really maybe have some space for him to, 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 you know, to fill up and maybe, you know, win a penalty or something like that. Yeah. Well, how many penalties did he he win last season? I was just going to say that he hasn't won any penalties and Milivojevic is just, he's withering on the vine right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Mitro, I think I agree. He's slightly underrated just given, Given his return and his low ownership and their good fixtures, um, he is the second striker that I most want in my team right now. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Lacazette, who the bandwagon is building a little bit of steam here. His goal against Everton today was absolutely stunning. Um, he loves a great like pick that one out sort of sort of curler. And I, I love yeah. that goal. And it looks like he's locking down that starting role next to Aubameyang. And if that's the right. case... It's a really good price at 9.4, uh, only selected by a yeah. 4.5% team. So I think um, he was underrated coming into the season, and I yeah. think now people are starting to properly rate him now that he's getting a starting spot. So Yeah, I, I almost – I mean, at 4.5% ownership, he, he – I mean, he's, he's underrated by the public at large. I – I still don't love that price, uh, 9.4 million. It's impossible to fit that, into any sort of system that any yeah. run-of-the-mill FPL manager's got going. I mean, you've got to like really rearrange your team to bring him in, I feel like, at 9.4. And I, I still feel like I'd prefer Jamie Vardy, who's actually a little bit cheaper than Lacazette. Yeah, the fixtures um, for Leicester are insane. We can talk mm-hmm. about them when we get to Vardy. Fixtures are really good. Um, there's still, I guess, a little bit of doubt whether Lacazette may, I get, you know, there could be some rotation there with Mkhitaryan, maybe. I mean, I, I, I'm not as worried about the Lacazette rotation. To, to me, it's more of a slot thing. Like, I just don't know. I don't really want to re- rearrange my team to bring him in. And I don't know that I trust Arsenal enough in general to spend $9.4 million on one of their players. 
Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, for all for as excited as I was about Lacazette's goal, Arsenal still did look pretty dire for you know at least sixty minutes of that match against Everton. So it's not like Arsenal's flying high. Five wins in a row, though. That's that's ahead of steam. That's true. It was five, including the Europa League match. Yeah, all, all yeah, competitions, yeah. it's five in a row. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I think they're like in fifth or sixth place already. I mean, they lost those first two, and I think everyone kind of forgot about them. And they've just been kind of moving along, nice, fairly relatively easy wins. Yeah. Um, but a, a pretty diverse attack. I mean, I guess we are seeing that Lacazette, Lacazette, Mkhitaryan combo really starting to, as we all expected. I mean, I guess maybe Lacazette, Aubameyang uh, combo. You mean? Yeah. What, what did I say? Mkhitaryan, but that's fine. Oh, sorry. Of course. Yeah, Lacazette. Uh, it's a lot of like a lot of multiple multi-syllable last name <laughs> yeah. players on this team, Brandon. It's yeah. hard to. Yeah. yeah. There's a most Isley Cantina feel to the names <laughs> up front there. Yeah, and I think they can keep it going. I mean, this is, you know, they're one of the oldest teams in the league. And so you'd, you'd think that there's, you know, it's a very veteran team. So I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I actually think that they, they really have a chance to challenge for uh, um, like that fourth Champions League spot this year. Well, so let's round out the Arsenal conversation here and jump to Aubameyang. So we're talking sure. about Lacazette. Aubameyang drops, it's, it's just plummeting in price. He's down to 108 but yeah. still at 11.3% ownership. If you had to make a choice going into game week seven, who you take Lacazette or Aubameyang or the other question I guess yeah. would be if you have Aubameyang right now, what do you do? Do you keep? Yeah. If I have Aubameyang, I keep him. you know, for sure. I mean, he's, he's, he's properly, he's properly rated. I would say. Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely wouldn't drop him if I were on a wild card and I just really wanted to have an arsenal attacker for some reason. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I feel like we're, we're pretty much on the same page that neither of us really want either one of these guys. Right. 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 So maybe we don't need to belabor yeah. it. Would you but, I, but I, still I, I mean, if I were picking between the two, I guess I would have to go with Lacazette. Right. Just because Lacazette is actually playing as in the striker role when the, yeah. when the two of them play together. And he's yep. at one point four million cheaper. I would go so far as to say Aubameyang is overrated at the moment within the confines right. of the FPL game. He just he hasn't produced anything near the quality that one would need for an 11 million striker. Just two goals and one assist on the season and three bonus. Okay, so that's comparable to Aguero. So that's fine. But yeah, I I think he's overrated at the moment. Yeah, I okay. So I think we're I think we're uh, let's yeah, stay away from these guys. (laughs) I mean, I understand that they're but they're not really explosive. I I don't know. I just yeah, I, I guess we've said enough already. I neither of us are. It's, 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 it might come back to haunt us this opinion, but I, I think both of us don't feel like you need either player right now. I think I think that's fair enough. The what perhaps the better thing to say is Arsenal is a conversation we're definitely going to have to have later on down the line. But now is not the time. Right. No, I don't. I don't. I don't, don't want to talk to you about it. So let's just <laughs> yeah. uh, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. The next. Let's take the next two together because I think they're kind of an interesting pair. Yep. Uh, expensive. Players who everyone thinks have been kind of disappointing this year, yet they are ranked fourth and fifth overall in terms of overall points. Uh, you have Rami Lukaku. Brandon, you you call him Big Rom. You're the only person there who calls him that. Yeah. I think you, you must know, have made it up. I was in the shower one morning and I was just thinking about <laughs> Rami uh-huh. Lukaku and I thought, yeah, maybe I'll just start calling him Big Rom. And it, <laughs> it, it's caught fire worldwide. It really has. You hear it everywhere now. Uh, and then uh, Harold, Sir Harold Kane. Uh, who is uh, also having – okay, so the thing about Kane – okay, maybe we shouldn't take these guys together, but let's talk about Kane first because now I'm just thinking about Kane. 
if all you saw were Kane's numbers on the season, you know, you would not – you would think he was having an okay season, right? He scored three goals in six matches. He's picked up an assist. He's got six bonus points on the season. Um, but to watch him play, it's <laughs> – That's it, that's the real it, story, isn't it? The, yeah, the story is the, is the play, right? Because uh-huh. it is not – I mean – Trying to pick up three bonus points uh, in that match uh, is is ridiculous. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, just uh, you didn't do anything, right? I mean, it was like a kind of a sign a of how poor everyone was in that match. Yes. I mean, when you take all the clean sheets off the table, then sort of anything goes. And uh, the other goal was scored by Lamella, who is a late game substitution, yeah. makes it much they harder. Ne- they need someone better than Eric Dyer to to play in that sort of midfield defensive midfield role don't you think i just was really unimpressed speaking of speaking of overrated uh eric dyer is one of the most overrated players in that england <laughs> setup in my my we opinion. all liked him that first year right when he came from portugal or whatever and sure, like, the oh, dire wow. wolf. englishman from portugal that's kind of interesting and um yeah but i really i mean that that is something they really should have upgraded in the offseason I, I you know it'd be fun to see something like a luke uh, it doesn't feel like a very Spurs player, but isn't like a Lucas Torreira in that squad. Like, wouldn't that be like a little guy just running around, yeah, like, kicking people in the shins? And <laughs> I just feel like Spurs could use that. Yeah, a little more dynamism. I mean, you have a, a slow poke like Musa Dembele, as fantastic as he is at controlling the play. He's moving yeah. slow. Dyer's moving slow. It is like yeah. a sloth be, behind their attack. There's no one with like some bite. I feel like, I mean, Dembele used to have that a little bit, I guess. But even as Victor Wanyama injured, or is he just totally he out is, of the squad he, now? He is injured, and I, I think they'd okay. love to yeah. play him more. He's yeah, it's like going. It's it's a full two seasons almost of him struggling yeah. with injuries. It's a shame. I, I wonder if that is even hurting Kane. It feels like Kane has to track back so much now too to yeah. to win the ball. And it, you know, Erickson's not having a great season either. And it's just a uh, um, yeah, the Spurs team man is yeah, Lucas uh, didn't. Did not have one of his finest performances, although I did not think he was the worst defender on the field. I he thought, just didn't uh, see much of the ball, I think, was the issue. Yeah, exactly. I thought a lot of people played worse than he did. But, yep. um, yeah, not not a great match for for anybody. It was kind of amazing that Spurs were up 1-0 going into like the 80, 80 – whenever they scored that second goal because yep. uh, you know, they really shouldn't have been. Knockhart actually had a big chance um, yeah. earlier in that match too. Um, so Kane, uh, I think that he is, uh, I, I suppose overrated. I mean, he's 25% owned. His fixtures are good. Go- I mean, you know, you have to talk about the fixtures a little bit. Yeah. Um, can't just look at the stuff in a vacuum and they play Huddersfield, Cardiff and West Ham in the next three. But given his, pr- I mean, the price has to be, a f- <laughs> the fixtures have to be a factor, the price has to be a factor too. Yeah. And at that price, um, you just can't have him. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there is a temptation to make the argument that he's underrated because everyone's like, when you're talking about Kane, you're talking about how fatigued and bad he looks right now. But that's exactly why he is uh, overrated. And you have to trust what you see on the pitch. He's not going right. to show up next week and just suddenly be his old self. It's going to be, a, I think, a gradual evolution. I think we will see it coming when Kane breaks yes. through. So don't even worry about Kane at the moment. Yeah, he's – I mean, when when in form, he's fixture-proof. You can play him against anybody until – and he can deliver. Um, he's not like a flat-track – you know, speaking of Lukaku, you know, he's not a flat-track bully, but – yeah, it just—it's hard to recommend bringing him in right now, given given that he just—he just doesn't look like he's you know at full force. Okay, so that's Lukaku. Uh, that brings us to Lukaku, Big Rom, as as you might know him. Four mm-hmm. goals, equal on goals as uh, Aguero. It's a very tight race for the Golden Boot already, Josh. 
Um, it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had his rest in game week one and uh, true to big Rom form. He hasn't missed a single minute of football since he just sort of mm-hmm. like gallops uh, around uh, the, yep. the pitch all, all match and waits yeah. for the Looking ball. To unhappy. Fall. Yep. He, yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he, he did get a price rise, which was shocking to see. I think the, that people are feeling Rom right now. Uh, it's sure. Actually, you look at this across the the stats page: eleven point one million pounds owned by eleven percent of all FPL managers. So lot, lots of ones there. That's very elegant. Yeah, uh, he's he's on more bonus points than than uh, Aguero on the season. But yeah, I think uh, it's it's it, I, thought, I thought of him in that same category as Kane because they're, they're it's a player with good fixtures moving forward. Although maybe West Ham defensively have tightened things up a little bit. I mean, they just kept a clean sheet at home to Chelsea, and now they play. Now, now they play Man United. Um, it'll be a very interesting test uh, there. So, yeah, I I don't recommend Lukaku either. Um, I mean, God, you know, I I don't know. At eleven point one million, I just want to trust. I want to trust my player more, and I'd rather if I was going to spend eleven million on a player I didn't totally believe in, I'd rather go with like Raheem Sterling. You know. Yeah. And bring in like a five point five million, you know, bring in a Danny Ings type, um, and had just have like a super midfield instead of Romelu Lukaku or Jamie Vardy, who we'll we'll talk about, right. who has more explosive explosiveness. Where Rom is just he his game is consistency, and he's never been explosive. And I think that's what you're getting in your midfield with these expensive players like Hazard and Salah and Mane. You're getting consist expensive consistency and good output. What I want in my strike force and. And that's what Aguero is giving, and what there are so many options cheaper than right. that um, is explosiveness. So yeah, Ram yeah, is kind of out of the because, out of the discussion for that reason. Because Mitrovic is giving you cheap consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, for four million less, you can get the same level of consistency. Yep. Um, and given how attacking Fulham, I mean, Fulham is going to have to outscore everybody, right? To 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 stay up this year, they're not going to they're not going to win it on one nils. You know, so I mean, Mitrovic is going to have chances, you know, all season long. One, but if one you, would, one would think if we want to spin this positively, though, I think you could definitely make the case of, as we said, equal on goals between Aguero and Lukaku. Good runner fixtures for United. Um, it's a differential. It's a way for right. I think it's a reasonable okay, so diff- differential <clears throat> to take. At the moment. <clears throat> yeah. So let, let's say you wanted to be different and you want to have one of these two players. Who do you pick between Lukaku and Kane? Lukaku, for sure. I think. Kane, I mean, Kane has the benefit of being on penalties, but yeah, as we saw this weekend, right. that's probably the only way Kane is going to be scoring goals for the time being. I think, yeah. Lu, Lu, I, I think Lukaku I, is better. <clears throat> I actually think I would still go with uh, with Harry Kane, um, maybe just because of the pens. I don't know. I mean, that Cardiff at home game of eight is, is a great fixture. Um, I also just don't – I don't know who's going to get Lukaku the ball. I mean, suddenly, like, everything's running through Fred. For Man United, like I don't what's going even on. Even the goals, with that team. even the goals are running through. Fred. Yeah, you know, he should have had a brace. I don't yeah. know if you saw his free kick. Yes, but. great save by Patricia. Yeah, so I would I would go Kane there um, if I wanted to be a little different. Even even though he's more expensive than Lukaku, that would still be my pick. Okay, well, let's just I, let's just round out this. Like, would you? So we would not consider dropping Aguero for either of these guys. Do you think it is truly uh, beyond the pale, though, to consider moving Aguero to Kane or Lukaku for that differential? It feels like there are other ways to be different other than dropping a fifty-two percent owned player who yeah. has really good fixtures and yeah. is you know headlining the the best attack in the Premier League. It just yeah. that feels like you're like you're trying too hard. Okay, well, well said. All right, let's move on. We've got uh, Callum Wilson for Bournemouth. He is doing his Callum Wilson thing. 
He scored two goals back to back. Overrated. <laughs> okay, yeah. Overrated. 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 Moving on. Josh King taking penalties back off him <laughs> basically kills the Callum Wilson um, dream. It's over. Move on. I think so. Yeah, we can talk about King and, and Wilson together for sure. I mean, they're both priced at six point three million. They're actually only separated by three points now. King has had some pretty good chances actually in the last. Uh, uh, last couple of game weeks, I actually wouldn't drop either one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think you could definitely consider, you really could bring in either one. I mean, look at this run of fixtures. Palace, Watford, Southampton, Fulham in the next four. Yeah. Those are great fixtures. An interesting um, thing to me yeah. also about Josh King is Stanislaus is back from injury. And you remember when Josh King was at his peak form, uh, was that two seasons ago? Um, yeah. It was like the Stanislaus-King connection. And I feel like... The boys are back. Let's make this yep, happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, and Kings on pens. So if I were to pick between the two, I'd go with King. Their fixtures get pretty bad starting in game week 11, but um, King's not going anywhere until then. So if I were to make a, a Mitra move, it would definitely be Zaha for Mitra. I'm going to hold on to King. Okay. Um, I mean, it's silly that he's down to 6.3 million. Uh, two two <laughs> price drops for a player who's like, you know, in the top 10 overall for strikers. That just seems. I guess it was because he was so high, so highly owned at the start of the season. But yep. I mean, at this point, King is a differential for me. Six point, you know, six point three million, four point nine percent ownership. It's that, that is, is shocking. That's that's quite low. Yeah. It's shockingly low. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brandon. Here's a player who I think. Oh, actually, no. Let's talk about Firmino first. Roberto Firmino. Yeah, I and I claim that the Firmino, man, the teeth, the legend, <laughs> and now the 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 eye. He there was a picture of him at Liverpool <laughs> training wearing safety goggles, and I wish he would have actually warn them during the match i think it'd be we need more players wearing glasses in in game <laughs> we do <laughs> i wish he'd worn just like regular like warby parker glasses <laughs> just yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think i mentioned this a couple weeks ago i think Firmino is is underrated at the moment he's flying under the radar uh two goals and two assists on the season and he is in that really awkward price bracket 9.4 what we were saying with Lacazette so that makes it tricky plus we're already heavily invested in Liverpool surely you you have Salah or Mane and a lot of us also are in with Andy Robertson's taking up right six million worth of funds so I think Firmino's Firmino's day will come and it will Mm -hmm. perhaps it will be in a later wild card or something like that but I think there are many more goals for for Firmino coming up very soon all right, Firmino, Lacazette, exactly the same price right now. Uh, who would you pick, Firmino or Lacazette? Well, I guess I go Lacazette just for in terms of differentiating my my squad. If if I'm mm-hmm. covered with a great goal scorer like Mo Salah, I think okay, coverage. Okay, we're gonna dance around that word. Right. Um, I feel covered, so I'll get in on Lacazette, where I feel like Arsenal are going to score goals and they have decent fixtures as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I I guess I would go Firmino just based on his historical, you know, goal scoring record. But um, I don't really want either one, to be honest. I mean, he, he scored 15 goals and eight assists last season, 11 goals and 11 assists the season before that. Um, 10 goals and eight assists actually before that. Too. He's never he's never scored less than double digit goals in a Premier League campaign. Um, he's on two goals and two assists right now, probably a little below expectations um, at the moment. Uh you know, especially considering that he's actually started all six matches. So, um, you know, and then they play Chelsea and Man City in the next two. So 
Um, yeah, like you said, his his time will come. I wouldn't look at bringing him in right now. If I were wild carding, I don't think I'd have him either. Yeah, fair enough. I, I haven't managed to convince myself either. So there you go. All right, Glenn Murray, uh, hair plug city. Um. <laughs> Underrated, right? I mean, you got to – I mean, no one we, – we never talk about him. He's on four goals on the season. It's only six point, you know, five million. Two point two percent ownership. He is he's just the least sexy FPL player I can think of. Um, but to watch him play is to love Glenn Murray. At yeah. uh, I think he's age thirty four, going on thirty five, and he, uh-huh. he he's looking even better, I think, than he did last season. And it's he, like a, he's the homeless man's Jamie Vardy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's played every <laughs> single minute of the season. For a guy who's getting on in years and everyone assumed yeah. he'd be put out to pasture over the summer, he I know playing every minute and he It's a player who's younger than I am, by the way. This is that's painful to hear, but you're right. It's true. Um so the thing about uh Brighton is that so they play away to Man City in game week seven, and then they don't have a hard match until Christmas. Like they they literally have a great run of fixtures until December fifteenth. Um, they, I mean, I'm not going to run through all of their fixtures here, but it's just like, just, I mean, they basically don't play anyone in the top six. Um, you know, and really even, even at Christmas time, it's not that bad. Um, they've got a couple home matches with Chelsea and and Arsenal, but it's Everton, West Ham, Bournemouth. I would, I think Brighton is like the next team that a lot of us are going to start buying players from over the next couple of weeks. Um, just because they're so cheap, they're so you know, their ownership is so low. They brought in a lot of players in the off season who haven't really had a chance to shine yet, but I think might have, might have their moment. And you know that I'm a, a big Anthony tryhard knockart fan. So he looked, um, he did look quite good against Spurs. He's looks as much as I kind of hate on him. I think this season he is starting to really grow into the Premier League. Yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah. watching one him. goal, one goal, three assists, five point five million, point seven percent ownership. Wow. So, yeah, one to watch. All right, Brandon, uh, how far along are we here? This is a little. A lot of <laughs> All right, let's let's do some quick fire. So Arnautovic okay. yeah. is injured right now. He's he's got uh, he's back in in light training, I guess. So you could actually yeah. see him as early as game week seven. So it's worth right. sticking it out for more news or information. If you have Arnie in your squad, don't transfer him out just yet. The issue here is West Ham are really don't have a striker unless mm-hmm. Arnautovic Arnautovic is playing. And you mm-hmm. saw that against Chelsea. There was no well, actually, they did have a few chances against Chelsea, but and Antonio could yeah. put them away. But I, I think Arnautovic is properly rated. He's getting his accolades, justifiably so. When healthy, right. he's performed. I like him. Yeah, there's got to be some concern about his health now. I mean, for him to leave two matches, you know, two of the last three matches with injury um, is gives you a little bit of pause, right? Like, you know, if he's just too banged up right now to, yeah. to be at his best. Um, all right, we talked about Josh King. Trey Deeney, 6.1 yeah. million. Let's take these two Watford guys uh, in, in one fell swoop, Deeney and Gray. Gray looked yeah. uh, pretty great in the first half against Fulham. Took his yeah. chance well early in the game. Uh, but Finally got over the text message debacle, the the tweet, tweet gate. Tweet gate, yeah. He's he's left that behind. People, or people have decided they really don't care about Andre, Andre Gray, and they've, they've all forgotten <laughs> about it. But yeah, Watford continue right. to look fantastic. Um, they, they just kind of fell apart for some unknown reason in the second half of that Fulham game. 
And teams will yeah. do that. I'm not going to read too much into it. I still really do like Watford this season. Yeah. I, th- I think if there's like a theme that's emerging here, there are just a ton of great <laughs> forward options between 6 and 6.5 million. I mean, it's you honestly can't go wrong yeah. with, with many of these, right? I mean, you know, Glenn Murray starting in game week eight, uh, Josh King over the next few game weeks, uh, Mitrovic we, we're, we're a fan of. I mean, there's just no, you know, Jack about Lacazette, Lukaku, Kane. There's just no reason to spend an extra four million on those yeah. players right now. Yeah, well, you you put on our Slack, our Patreon Slack, that we were taking questions for this episode. There are lots of questions about forwards. <laughs> Stephen Toomey jumped on there, and he said exactly that. Like, how... It, you you can't say with any 100% certainty that any of these strikers are the best one to have. Just kind of take yeah. your swing and hope for the best because they're all great options in, a, in their own way. Yeah, I think it ties in with what we were talking about earlier on in the podcast, which is uh, – or just another way of looking at what we were talking about earlier on the podcast – it's okay to have solid because you don't need to spend that money on. If Kane were on, were firing on all cylinders right now, I think it would be very hard to have solid in your team. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. If Kane was just totally exploding, I don't know how you can have Aguero and Kane and Salah and Hazard, yep. uh, and and have all of these you know premium defenders, all these Robertson types and and Ederson, et cetera. So. Um, you know, I just don't think it's possible, and so I think that something has to give. And for you know, I think right now, it's it's expensive strikers because you can just you know, except for maybe Aguero, um, because you can just get this almost the same value. If you can get if you can get close, if you can get ninety percent of the way there, you might as well just save that four million because that four million can definitely be spread around your team and make up for those couple of points that you might be losing. Yep. So Dini gets the edge here because uh, he's on pens, I guess, just for point one more expensive. Yeah, it's. I think it's close. I mean, Gray was great in the preseason, yeah. um, which I guess I'm still holding on to a little bit. And, you know, scoring two, two and two. So it's like a coin flip, yep. really. I don't know that I have a strong opinion. Ianacho creeping up in the rankings here. Um, he, yeah. He, he had a decent game against Huddersfield with a goal and an assist. I'm not sure he's yeah. really... For me, it's too soon to tell with him. He really hasn't yeah. done much at all at Leicester, um, so yeah. you have to take you have to take Been injured. His, yep. Yeah, it's game week six. You have to put that in into perspective. I think what's encouraging is that he he played. I mean, I think there was some concern about whether those two guys would play together. Yeah. You know, and it looks like he can play in that Okazaki role, uh, kind of next to Vardy as like a second striker. Yep. And as long as he can do that, he's. With their fixtures coming up at five, I mean, again, this is it's just another. This is actually almost hockey out of dropping Aguero, uh, like because you could just fill your whole front line with these six to six point five million players, and maybe you just bring in Sterling as your like kind of Man City coverage. Yeah, so interesting. I don't know. It's interesting. Turning my head a little bit now. All right, Danny Ings. He was the uh, cheap player to to get a couple weeks ago. We have. Right. A week without Ings, he had to sit out against Liverpool, but uh, 5.7, gosh, I mean, he's kind of veering into, uh, for Danny Ings, expensive territory. <laughs> yeah, I still don't, like, I mean, three, he's, you know, three in, three in his last, I guess three in the last four games he's played, um, he's, he scored in three of the four matches he started, yeah. um, and uh, looks like he's, you know, he's on fire. I actually think, considering the other options that we've talked about, I don't know that I had, if I were wildcarding right now, I don't think Ings would be in my squad. I think there's other players I would prefer, but um, but he's you know I mean, and also I'm just not, I don't love Southampton as like a team to to have like players with yep. you know. Yep. Yeah, I have. I, mean, I, yeah. I have Danny Ings right now, and I've gotten two goals from him, which I feel I feel blessed, Josh. But uh-huh. yeah, I don't. I, I, it, 
doesn't fill me with great excitement to own Danny Ings. And I share your fears. I mean, Southampton don't look like the most dangerous team. You look at the next guy on this list, it's Jimenez for Wolves, slightly cheaper at 5.5. He's nailed on for starts, looks healthy. Mm -hmm. That team looks great going forward. Um, Yeah. If you're wild carding, then Jimenez, because your saving point too, starts to become even more appealing than Danny Ings. So I think that's a a tough call for me to make. Yeah. It's actually a question that Simon asked us on the Slack. He said, you know, by the way, this is an all Slack, uh, because we're doing this as an early podcast day, we just, it's it's an all Slack question. So um, Simon says, uh, where do you stand on Jimenez versus Ings? Uh, Is it worth finding the extra money for someone like Wilson? Um, I guess I would prefer Jimenez to Ings. And I have been a little reluctant to fully commit to Jimenez because um, he doesn't have a great historical goal scoring record. Um, he's never, I don't, you know, he didn't put up 10 goals last season in the Portuguese league. I don't know that he's done it at all, or at least not like in a, any major league. So, um, but it looks like he's really just, I mean, it looks like he, he's getting opportunities. I mean, the attack for Wolves just seems like it's creating a lot of chances for him. So, um, yeah, what do you think about, what do you think about uh, Jimenez? I like him. I think the the finish he had to beat Burnley one nil last week. I thought was really composed. I I like him as a player. Uh, the thing with Danny Ings that I think in a way gives him the edge is the penalty discussion. But then Southampton, they don't look great atta- as an attacking team. How many penalties are they actually going to get unless Ings is winning all of them right. himself? Wolves is just a much better attacking team and. Uh, you feel Jimenez is going to get more opportunities. And um, it seems like a, a at the end of the day, it seems like a fun punt to take. I enjoy yeah. watching Wolves play. Why not get a piece of that? Why not get Jimenez? All right. I, I think I think I'm with you there. I, I slightly prefer Jimenez as well. Um, OK, so let's let's just do three more, Brandon. All right. Let's okay. do the, the, the Giroud Murata combo and then we'll talk about Jamie Vardy. So Giroud, 7.8 million, uh, actually tied with Vardy on points right now, although Vardy did have a three-game suspension. Um, Murata, you know, 8.9 million, but but not starting for the team right now. Uh, I find 7.8 to be a kind of tricky price point. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's tricky for where, a guy. Where Giroud's always been. Yeah. But when he was in Arsenal, I think they looked to him to score goals. Giroud is in that Chelsea lineup for one sole purpose, and it's for uh, – Hazard to basically create alley-oops for himself. So (laughs) Giroud stands there like a post. Uh, Hazard Uh kicks it off of one of his body parts and then scores a goal. (laughs) So if you want to pay 7.8 million for a backboard, then be my guest. But there, I don't see any value there. Yeah. Liverpool and Man United in two of the next three. I I think I agree with you. Uh, And then Jamie Vardy, uh, 8.9 million. So, uh, you know, I mean, you know, a tricky price point as well. Yep. Uh, what do you think about Vardy? Uh, I like it. I mean, these fixtures for Leicester are insane. If you pull up the, yeah. the fixture ticker, Newcastle, yeah. Everton, Arsenal, West Ham, Cardiff, Burnley, Brighton, Watford, Fulham, there are going to be a lot yeah. of goals there. So I'm a new James Madison investor. A big question for yeah. a lot of our listeners would be, is a Madison Vardy double up too much Leicester? And yeah. I, I think I'm going to remain content going on the cheaper side of that investment and just sticking with James Madison because, as I was saying earlier, he he is a creator while also he can score goals. I feel yeah. I feel pretty good that of the goals that Vardy is going to score, hopefully Madison is going to get a piece of those points by way of assists. Yeah. 
So um, while the while the fixtures are really great for Leicester, it's really enticing Vardy again. It comes back to that idea of this eight point nine price tag. It's really tricky to fit in. Maybe if you're on wild card, I think it is a really compelling yeah. differential. Vardy is yeah. uh, is in the realm of underrated in FPL. If I were on a wild card, I would definitely. Tr- figure out if there was a way to do it but yeah as is it's it's a little too tricky um anyone else brendan on this list uh intrigue you i mean i don't think we need to go through any of them uh, ashley barnes just had a nice match joe Zalou. yeah um, um chris chris Sanctosin. wood chris wood is one Woody. i think to to watch because he was the focal point of the burnley attack through through spells last season he's he's yeah. a big lad and mm-hmm. I think if Burnley continue building on that forum for, that they had against Bournemouth, then Wood might be one to watch. But be, beyond that, I think yeah. we've, we've covered so many really great options here. <laughs> so well, what else players. do you want? <laughs> no, we're done. All right, Brandon, let's take a quick break and we'll get back with a short lightning round and then we'll talk about game week seven. Great. Josh, let's talk about our friends at Starting 11. They are the newest daily fantasy app available for your iOS or Android phone. Starting 11 provides cash games live in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany for your iOS phone. And free games are now available everywhere in the world on your Android. Cash games will be coming soon to Android. So, Josh, starting eleven, it's it's fun. It's a it's a fun antidote to the uh, yes. FPL game week blues, and you can kind of just pick up starting eleven and start playing right before the matches kick off. You can play any time in which there are two or more Premier League matches happening that day, and right. uh, and you have no budget. You can adjust your lineup right up to the point of kickoff, even after the team sheets are announced. And what I love about the the app itself is when you're watching the game, you can make live substitutions as if you were the manager on the sideline. Big news, mini leagues are coming soon to starting 11. It's something you and I have have been hoping would be coming to the app soon, Josh, because we can do fun things like set up an always cheating mini league or you and your friends can set up a multiple uh multiple days competition or a season-long competition so more news will be coming from starting 11 on that for for all information a great video tutorial on how the app works how to use it how to get the most of it go to their website starting one Dot io. <laughs> I was just uh, listening in awe at how, how perfectly you've described this this app. I, I have nothing. To, I have no, there's nothing I could add other than to say, Brandon, that if I were just trying, if I wanted to try out Daily Fantasy, if I wanted to see what the experience was like, see if it was for me, maybe I'm seven weeks in and my team is letting me down a little bit. I just want a fresh start, but I don't want a wild card, right? I just want to like, I just want to like feel a different team for a week. Uh, download Starting Eleven, check it out, uh, challenge one of your buddies, maybe put a couple, you know, couple couple shekels in the pot, you know, just challenge each other. You juice it. And, uh, yeah, just juice it a little bit, you know. Just just give it a shot. Yeah. And uh, exciting, next week we're going to have a big announcement for Starting Eleven and our Patreon supporters. So uh, we're looking forward to partnering on more cool projects with our friends at Starting Eleven. Go to starting11.io for more information. Download that app today. Brandon, we're back. Part two, it's the all slack lightning round. Ready? Just got a few questions here. Sparty says, when is the best time to use the free hit? Brandon, I didn't think we'd be ready for chip talk yet. 
the second half of the season is when I start to lose my sanity a little, a little bit because there's so much chip talk uh-huh. they have to talk about. But he says, for context, I'm thinking about playing it this week because I have five players in a tough Chelsea-Liverpool fixture, whereas I only have an injured Mendy in a City team at home versus Brighton. Of course, I could do a couple of transfers, but normally I'd be happy to have five Liverpool or Chelsea players, just not this week. So free hit early on. I mean, I think we, you know, we've only had one season with the free hit chip. Uh, my feeling was that it was a slightly overrated chip, um, that it wasn't really as valuable as, I mean, that it was, there was a sense that we should, we should all use it during this, like this one particular blank game week. Yeah. And I don't really feel like it worked out like beautifully. It, you know, you could have just set up a team and, and been pretty much okay. The funny thing with the blank game week last season, I played my free hit then and I I didn't gain any ground because it was such a blockbuster week that pretty much everyone like, yeah, it was the week when Salah had the four goals yeah. and an assist, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. You yeah. can have all the blanks in the world, but if one player like Salah or Aguero or Hazard goes off, then it, it's all rendered moot. So yeah, I'm sympathetic to the argument that um, pinning it just to a blank is, uh, is really the only smart way to play the game. However, right. um, the, the free hit uh, I view is it's like a get out of jail free card. And may, maybe yeah. I'm approaching the chip with a little more caution. I'm not viewing it as an aggressive chip. It's sort of a right. chip that's there when, um, you know, I've played my wild card, uh, my early wild card. So I could find myself in a month's time or going into the festive fixtures, really being in a bad situation with some injuries or right. some rotations. So I, I I like the idea of having it on hand for that and to play it early on in an aggressive nature. It just feels like a lot of undue risk to me. Yeah, I also would push back against the idea that having five that having five players in the Chelsea Liverpool fixture is uh, a too bad of too much of an issue. I mean. First of all, any of your attackers you're fine with, yeah. right? I mean, there'll be goals in that match. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Alonso really... could pick up points. Yep. Sorry, I totally talked over you there. Yeah, Al- Alonso and Robertson. I mean, if if right. I'm if I'm most nervous about any players, yeah, it's it's the defensive assets because I think there will be a number of goals in that game. Yeah, I mean, I have, uh, I mean, I have Allison, which I'm not like I'm not thrilled to play him in that game, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, Liverpool almost kept a clean sheet away to uh, Spurs. Um, two weeks ago, you know, they could do the same thing in Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea just were held scoreless, you know, by West Ham's defense. So yeah. uh, now granted that was on the road and they'll be home, but, but still, I mean, I'm not a, you know, I'm not, I'm not terrified of that fixture. I, I'm, I'm probably going to have four or five players in that game too. It's going to be a great FPL fixture, two great attacking teams. You're all, we're all going to have players on both sides. It's going to be fun. I mean, don't, don't get scared about your, your risk assessment. Uh, get excited! It's going to be a really yeah. fun match. I mean, it it there is a chance that Liverpool just overwhelms Chelsea and and they can't get get out I, apart from a few counterattacking moves. Particularly if Van Dyke recovers from this rib injury, I think Liverpool look pretty right. good. But uh, yeah. overall, yeah, I think it's just going to be a fun match and and let's go. FPL Strong says, "Get in Kane now or wait until the fixtures really improve in game week 15. Yeah, so we talked about this with Kane earlier in that he's in really poor form. And it's I don't yeah. think it's going to happen overnight that he explodes. You'll see it coming. So, yeah, definitely wait, wait it out even until game week 15. Jeff Petter says, lots of people have big money invested in the defense. Did the cheaters think this should be maintained? With Firmino and Lacazette looking great lately and Vardy in particular now an option, does budget shifting need to be considered? 
Uh, I'm not dead set against it. I mean, Juan Basaka was a huge conversation centerpiece this weekend. Again, finished with three bonus and a clean sheet. And uh, he, just, he's very cheap. You look at you, there was a lot of talk about Wolverhampton defense and Matt Doherty. And uh, yeah, but how much do you want from your defenders? I mean, you know, Allison Robertson, Alonzo, Aspilicueta, these Kepa, these guys all got you six points this weekend. You know, it was like it's just because they didn't get assists and bonus. Um, I mean, getting getting six points, you know, still very solid. Yeah. So uh, broadly, the conversation can't just shift from, all right, now all premium defenders out for cheap. You have to – Jeff, you're a smart manager. Jeff is beating me in our our private mini league, so he doesn't (laughs) need my advice. But – just look at each defender on their their own merits. Yeah, like you said, Josh, Alonzo and Robertson came in this weekend. Mendy is a problem. And uh, yep. when we have more news about his injury, he'll, he'll probably be out of everyone's team. But I think that now yeah. it's it's gone. The, the thing that's changed is now we have to go sort of a la carte. I think there are room for both yeah. premium and budget. I will say uh, just one, one, one quick note. Um, you see that Holobos is already on four yellow cards. That's what That's he does. Amazing. That's what he does. Yeah, I know. I know he does. But four and six is impressive. I mean, that's that's a lot. I mean, he only had seven last season. Amazingly, and fourteen the year before that. Uh, but I guess he didn't play as many minutes last year. But four and six. That's. That's some work, Holobos. That's so, that's that's, that's yeah. Greek FPL, Josh. Hashtag Greek Greek <laughs> that's FPL. True. Holobos you actually Twitter. you can't bring him in now, right? I mean, you, you can't bring in Holobos if he's on four yellows. You know, it's no, too dangerous. No, and and this goes against year of the full fullback uh, trademark registered trademark. But you and I both own Watford center backs with Cabaselli and Cathcart. These guys look really yeah. threatening, like Dunk Duffy levels of threat on set yeah, pieces. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I know it's. Uh, <laughs> Um, you're right there, Brandon. My God. <laughs> yeah, I'll be What's wrong. I'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. This is a lightning round stock question. I just want one word response from Charleston or Madison. Madison. Yeah. Madison for me too. I actually said Richarlison uh, on the advice shop this week, although I did, I did mention it was extremely close. Um, I think, yeah, just with their fixtures, I guess you've got to go Madison. Um, I still like, I still think Charleston will score more goals than Madison, yeah. but um, I think that Madison for assist and bonus uh, makes him the pick. Right. That's So that's the argument. Madison is a double threat where Richarlison right. is a strong single threat. He's a goal scorer where Madison is going to do both, perhaps to right. a, a lesser degree with goals. Yeah. Uh, Vinal Ritchie, who is having an amazing season, uh, says, what do you think of uh, Salah Arnautovic for Charleston Kane for the next two weeks uh, before a wild card? Uh, Salah with two t- – and by the way, I'm thinking about going into a wild card in game week eight now, okay. uh, which would be amazing, Brandon. I don't know if I want to go into a UK trip on a wild card. That seems like <laughs> – With spotty Wi-Fi and uh, yeah, ex- roaming exactly. charges. <laughs> Salah with two tough fixtures and Kane with two easy ones. Now, I like that he added the wild card qualifier here. So he could bring back Sal in a couple of weeks. So what do you think about that? Just a two-week punt and see where you are after two weeks. Um, I like the thinking, but yeah. um, I wouldn't do it. Uh, assuming Arnautovic is healthy, then Salah and Arnautovic are, for me, a better pairing. And they're I actually kind of like Kane in the or I mean like Salah in this Chelsea match. I mean I'm probably gonna vice captain him. I, I don't really 
I just, I, I don't know. I just, I could see him getting goals in that game. Like, isn't that like the kind of match where Salah could have chances? De- you know, definitely. Little... And, and Chelsea's defense is no big shakes. I mean, they've, they've yeah, pulled, yeah. Out, pulled down some great clean sheets, but the caliber of their oppositions, you know, since they, they got through that, uh, uh, first two game weeks has not has not been great so i think liverpool will be scoring a number of goals so, yeah. yeah go solid uh, i i that, that, that game to me is like a 2-2 or something like that uh adam p says who are your top three fixture proof players uh, top three fixture proof players well sergio aguero i guess is an easy one sure I mean, do, do I? Salah, do I? Probably. Yeah, this this is becoming quickly a boring question. Um, right. <laughs> I will say Mitrovic is an interesting player to enter into I this. I thought about him too. Right? It's funny. He, yeah. he was starved for opportunities against Manchester City a couple of weeks ago, but he got one yeah. opportunity, and what did he do? He turned and he rifled it on target. So uh, yeah. what that says to me is is he's a striker that all he needs is one opportunity to get you some FPL points. So. I'm not yeah. scared ever of starting Metro, and I like that shout. Yeah, I, 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 I like. Uh, let's just go with those three. That's a that's a that's a fun answer. I think we're. I, I can agree with that answer. Uh, two more questions. Uh, D Demis twenty seven says, "Is it time to jump on Burnley assets?" Uh, interesting question. Yeah, it is an interesting question. Very impressive against Bournemouth, but kind of. It, it, it makes, makes me feel like there is now balance in the universe. I feel like Bournemouth have been too good this season. Mm-hmm. They needed yeah. to be brought back down to earth. And, of course, their defense yeah. is absolutely appalling. Uh, no surprises yeah. there. So does that result flatter Burnley? It probably flatters them a bit going forward, but they, they did keep a clean sheet. I need one more result that gives me that much confidence in Burnley. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. I agree. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, one game does not convince me that they're like, that they run at the ship or anything like that. I think so, we talked about Joe um, Hart last yeah. week. And while I think he's been among their best players the last couple of weeks, there's still that threat of rotation and what's going on with, with Heaton and when does Nick Pope come yeah. back? And that's just not a, a future transfer that you want to make. So uh, that one yeah. feels like if you're not already on Hart to, to, to kind of stay away, approach with caution. Uh, AJ9909, final question, by the way. Are you buying anyone from the Arsenal offense or defense? No, we're not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I agree. I'm not either. Mon- they, kept, they kept a clean sheet finally. Yeah, we, we talked about uh, Bellerin uh, like a month ago, and Monreal is kind of back doing his Monreal things, close to scoring a couple of goals against Everton today. So. Yeah. But they they're so they're so leaky, and that team is still trying to figure out who they are. I'm, I'm yeah. Pass. All right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, pass for me as well. Uh, game week seven, Brendan. Just just quickly here, um, we already talked about the Chelsea Liverpool match. Um, it's it's another heavy Saturday. The Sunday match has to be. There's only one match on Sunday. It has to be the maybe the single worst Sunday only fixture I can remember. I mean, this is if there was ever a match to to spend time with your family. It's actually my daughter's birthday, so it's kind of perfect. Um, don't like don't. Don't be tempted to bring in a player just to have a player for Sunday. Like, just do something else. Go apple picking. Do something with your family. Don't watch Cardiff Burnley. Okay? Can you do the uh, uh, match of the? <laughs> can you do the match of the day challenge with just Cardiff Burnley? 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think so. Just wait and yeah, watch the like 90 minute, <laughs> 90 second highlight package later. Uh, Monday, uh, Bournemouth Crystal Palace is a huge match. And we're probably yeah. going to have to actually wait um, wait to uh, do our podcast yeah, until that huge match is FPL played. implications with Juan yeah. Bissaka. A lot of people still on Zaha. Will you still be on Zaha for this match? Um, I don't know. Um, maybe, okay. probably, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a good fixture for him. Um, it's actually the kind of fixture where he could do something. So, I don't know. I mean, God, part of me is like uh, considering even wild carding this week, even though I have two transfers. I, I have to really think about my team and and what the problem is. There's a lot of fi- like a lot of fixtures that are kind of turning like in the. I, I kind of like Vinyl Richie. I want to wait like two weeks to to play a wild card. I don't really want to do it right now because if 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 City weren't home to Brighton, I'd be more tempted. But I feel like I need to hold on to the my City players still for another week. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think there are some questions about Juan Basaka. Like, are we all just going to start starting him in our starting eleven week to week? Right. Yeah. I mean, eighteen and two. It's you know, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, I actually wouldn't mind playing him in the, that game. I Me mean, you, know, you might not get a clean sheet, but you could still get a you know an assist or something. Yeah. He he's he's starting in my bus team, and my captain on my bus team is Aguero. Brighton. I think that will be the, the trendy pick. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Aubameyang if you had him. Maybe Mitrovic away to Everton. Actually, that wouldn't be a terrible shot. Yeah, Mitrovic is my vice captain right now. Uh, maybe I'll be yeah. tempted. Maybe, but yeah, it's got to be Aguero. All right, Brandon. My daughter is knocking on the door. She wants in. So I think we're gonna have to wrap up this podcast. Uh, Good luck this weekend. This is our final run of fixtures before we go to the UK, so I'm I'm pretty excited. Yeah, we have uh, big news. We have a meetup scheduled for the Edinburgh Castle in Camden Town, and that's Saturday, October 6th at the Edinburgh Castle, a pub in Camden Town, Cam, Camden Town, London, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. If you live in the London area or anywhere uh, nearby, we'd love to see you. Uh, we'll put more details up on our, our Twitter and, and Facebook and all that. But please, if you have a chance, come hang out with us Saturday, October 6, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Edinburgh Castle. Uh, yeah, as you said, Josh, let's sign off. Uh, become a Patreon subscriber. Go to patreon.com slash cheating where you can get some uh, cool swag. Join our Slack channel. We just uh, finalized our T-shirts for our uh, Volkswagen and producer level uh, supporters. So those t-shirts are going out in the mail soon and more to come. Thank you to our producers, Mike DePietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lean Granley, Chris Howell, Rafi Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, <laughs> Max Chamberlain, and Brian T. Josh, where else can people find the podcast? They can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, so many more places. Uh, and give us a five-star review on iTunes. That would be fantastic. Uh, if you want us to be on YouTube, let us know. We've considered posting the podcast on YouTube recently. Um, and uh, I just don't know if anybody actually listens to a podcast just on YouTube. So if that was something you'd want, uh, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, email us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters, H-A-I-L Cheaters. Uh, Facebook, it's facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, you can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com, or you can visit our website, alwayscheating.com. All right, Josh, good luck in game week seven. Good luck with your transfers. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Uh, and I'll see you in a week. Poku forever. Hail Josh. <laughs>
wow, they're very self-serving. <laughs> That's right. 